Good morning. How's everybody doing? That's good. I just want to say a quick thank you to all the guys that came last night for the barbecue. It was, um, it was really good to just have a relaxed time together. Uh, we had some fantastic weather, you know, yesterday, and it was, a, it was a nice, pleasant evening out on the, I was going to say patio, but it's not quite a patio, is it? <laughs> out on the playground. And um, I want to thank the guys that uh, actually did the, the work in, in getting the food and preparing it. So thanks to, I don't know whether David's still around this morning, but uh, thank you, uh, yes, at the back. Thank you, David, for, for organising the food and getting it all cooked for us. Uh, we really appreciate that, so thank you. Right, falls on the hill, we're getting towards the end. Um, it feels like it's been uh, a long series. I hope it hasn't felt like it's a drudgery of a series for you. But uh, since last October, we started this. Uh, and now we're, we're coming to the final crunch. We're coming to the, the final approach on this. So, before we get into today's um, passage, is it possible to have these lights turned out? Thank you. That's it, thank you. No, that's good, that's great. Thanks, Tim. Um, and... Watch this. What's going on? Joker wants to race. Race is ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He said we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. I don't know whether anybody knows that film. That's Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, their journey gets a lot worse after that. <laughs> Did you get the message? Yeah. They're going the wrong way, yes. This is, this is where we're at today. Do you remember this? Talking about being back in October, this is what we showed you back in October. And remember what, what we said this was? Somebody called out and they, they recognised, not the actual one, but they recognised what it was. It's a map 
of a shopping mall. And you remember we said the thing you've got to look for with a map for a shopping mall, there's something you look for. Yeah? I'll, 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 okay. What we're looking for is round here. And it's that. See, it says you are here. That's crucial to find anything in here because you've got to know where you're beginning from. And you've got to know where you are in reference to everything else. Now, this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is it. It tells you where you are. It tells you where you are. And it also shows you the way through. So that's what uh, the Sermon on the Mount can be sort of reduced to, a shopping mall map. Right, so we're going we're gonna to look at today's passage. This is today's passage. Right. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. For they come, to, they come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do, not pick, do, you, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad and a sorry, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, right, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognise them. Now, I don't know whether this comes as any surprise to you, I don't suppose it will do, that in Matthew's Gospel, we get the Sermon on the Mount right near the beginning. It's right near the beginning. This is a 28-chapter Gospel, and we get the Sermon on the Mount from chapter 5 through 7. All you have before then is you have Christ's genealogy, you have his birth, you hear about John the Baptist, you hear about Christ's temptation in the wilderness, and then you, he starts his ministry at the end of chapter 4, and we're straight into the Sermon on the Mount. Now, everything that is in the Sermon on the Mount is there for you. He's talking to you, nobody else. It's you that this is directed at. It's directed at me. He goes from how you enter the kingdom of God. He tells you about what takes place in a person as they change and they become God aware and they enter into his kingdom. He then goes on to tell you about the law and how important the law is. In fact, it won't be removed. He will fulfill it. 
And he re-emphasizes the importance on a personal level of the law. What it's doing in your heart. He then tells us about who we are in Christ, in his kingdom, in this world. We're going to be salt and light and so on. He, he continues to build this. He tells us how we should pray. He tells us how we should be with one another and how we should treat and respect one another. And then we get to this bit. Now, up until now, there's been lots of choices that he's highlighted as he's gone through this sermon. But now it comes down to a really important choice because this is where everything comes together now. So he tells us to enter by the narrow gate. Now, I don't know whether you've read it in the message. This is it in the message. He says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The marketplace is flooded with sure fire, easygoing formulas for successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. Be wary of false teachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off somewhere or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers uh, are in, sorry, who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burnt. It's not... It's not easy reading. Am I... I'm back on. Not easy reading. Right. The... <clears throat> if I... Before I act and speak, if I was to weigh what I was going to say and what I was going to do by the Sermon on the Mount, do you know what? I think I'd be a much better person. I think if I was to really, really take it seriously, I think I would live a different life. I think I'd be a much better husband. I think I'd be a much better friend. I'd be a much better brother. I think, and grandfather. So, yeah. But uh, if I was to do it through this lens, if I was to take it that seriously, then I was actually going to embody some of this. I think I'd be a much different person. You see, the broad road and the narrow road. One is easy. The broad is easy. He says the narrow way is hard. It's difficult. Am I selling it to you? It's difficult, he says. He says on the broad way, it's wide. It's spacious. There's plenty of room. 
any kind of thoughts, any kind of actions, any kind of morals. It is there. You can travel on it. You bring that all with you. That's there. There are no curbs to this road. There's no confines for it. It is for everyone. The narrow way is narrow. It has boundaries. And the boundaries are set by what we've been reading about throughout the Sermon on the Mount. The boundaries are set by Scripture. Because in this, you'll find life. Now, it's hard. He says it's hard, it's difficult. Because if you enter this narrow gate, you have to, it's so narrow, you have to remove things. Now, this is where, this is where the wide road is so much more attractive at first. Because you have to get to the, the narrow gate, you get to it and you realise you have to take the bulk off. You have to leave certain things behind. You have to come to a place of repentance. So you have to take self off and all your selfish ambition. Uh, you have to drop sins that you are hooked into. You have to die to self. Christ says, anyone who follows me must take up his cross or her cross and follow me. So you have to take all of these things off before you can even get started. There are many people on the Broadway because there is so much room. And it is so much more uh, accepting of everybody. The narrow way, very few find it. That's what Christ says. Few find it. Do you know, it, it took me 25 years to find the gate. It took me 25 years. And most of that time, I wasn't even looking for it. I was happy on the road I was on. The other thing that is different about the two roads is destruction for the wide road and life for those on the narrow way. Now, how does this scripture make you feel? How do you look at this? How does it, what does it stir in you and in your thoughts? Because you see, has he got it right? You know, has he really got this right? Because it doesn't sound attractive. It doesn't sound good. Because we live in a modern age, don't we? We live in a modern age. And although when this was written, it was a modern age, we live in a different modern age. We live in now, don't we? Our world now, we know about tolerance. We know about accepting one another. We know about allowing, regardless of whether I get it or not, I allow you to be who you are. And you can have your beliefs or whatever, and we, we allow that to happen. The world continues like that. But you see, where Christ talks about where it's difficult, he says his yoke is light. He says you will find rest for your souls. This isn't available on the wide road. This is only available on the narrow path. Now, when you hear this, do you hear a scripture of condemnation? 
Do you hear something that is so anti the majority and it's only the few that Christ is looking for? Because if you're thinking in those terms, whatever your response is to this shows your understanding of who he is. Because like we've said earlier in, the, in this um, series, he's not like anybody else. He doesn't talk like anybody else. He's come on a mission. And it's for you. He can talk in these terms because he will be the judge. He can talk in these terms because he will be the life. You see, he's the gate. In John 10, he says, I am the gate. Anyone who enters by me will be saved. He also goes on to say in John 14, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life. And no one will come to the Father except through him, except his way. Now, I think this is a message, as hard as it may be to, to, to see it at times, I think this is a message of hope. I think this is a message of life. Because I tell you for why, I was on the main road. I was on the broad road. I was there, and I tell you what, every one of us were, were or are today. We're on the broad road, or we've been on it. This is a message of hope. This is a message of life. I'm sorry, I'm just going to check. I think I've lost my way, but... Yeah, rather appropriately. There's a, there's a church leader in America, and he was talking about the narrow way. And he is giving a message to, to his church, and he's saying these sort of things. He's explaining what the narrow way is. And he says, there's a guy in his church that he knows really well. And he came up to him and said, you know, it's okay for you. You're really radical. It's okay. You know, you want to be an extreme version of this. He said, but that's for you. He says, that's not for everyone. He said, there's a lot of people that do some of that, and we still stay on the broad road. You know, we still dip into the things that Christ wants us to repent of. And he says, so you're inventing a third way, because there is only two. There's only the narrow way and the broad way. He says, so you're trying to invent a third way. And he couldn't understand how this guy is, is doing that, but he's living in that. And he believes it's perfectly safe, it's perfectly good. So this church leader said, so what are we supposed to do with these words? You know, what are we supposed to do with them? Are we supposed to study them so that we can extract all the meaning from them? And then, you know, we can debate what we think the points are that he's making. He said, what good is that? Teaching's good, study's good, but it's only a beginning point. He said, what if, what if I was to say to one of my children, go and tidy your room, it's a mess. You know, got to get on and do that. You've got to take responsibility for that. 
And maybe a couple of hours later, they come back to their father and say, I've remembered and committed it to memory what you said. I've got it. And yet the room remains exactly the same. And he says, you know, what is the point if we just talk a good game? And we can talk a good game about things like this. But are we going to put it into action? Because from what we can see, Christ is being very clear and real about this. Now, we've gone through the whole sermon, and he's, he's challenged things. He's given us choices. He gets to this point. He says, now, now, now we have to do it. Now we have to start to follow this up. Now, I don't know where you are. You don't know where I am. You don't know what road I'm on. You don't know whether I'm on the narrow road all the time. And it's the same for you. But we've got to take it seriously because there's consequences to what we do. I'm going to move on. Um, oh, yeah. I heard somebody mention this once. And they said about the broad road. They said about the broad road. <laughs> something rumbling again. The broad road and the narrow road. And what this person was saying, sorry, now, yeah, it's going up, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm really, if you don't know, I'm really dyslexic, and I've spelled, I have spelled it correctly, eh? yeah, it's just that you're confused about it going up, okay, that's, that's fine, I, would, I thought you were going to be a bit more intelligent than that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, any problems with the broad? <laughs> Everybody's good with that. Right, the broad is the whole screen, yeah? Narrow is narrow. This road is going this way. This road is going that way. But, but, you can see how difficult it is. Because you're on, the same, you're on the same piece of road. It's just that this is narrow. And you're trying to squeeze past the torrent of people coming the other way. And you've got to try and negotiate around them. And that's why it's so hard. Because you've got to live it out here. You've got to live it out here with your neighbours, friends, work colleagues, everything. And they won't see it the same as you. They won't even know they're on a road. But the difficulty is it's staying firm and keeping close to what Christ has told us. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Hopefully this next one will be fine. If there is any problems, just put your hand up. Are we all right? Okay. So a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a warning. This is a really clear warning. Christ says that these people exist, that these people are around. Have you ever met one? Oh, some have. Maybe I'm, I'm naive and I, I saw the disguise and I bought it. I don't know. But, yeah, there are people that are ravenous in an anti-way to the church, to what Christ has been unpacking. 
So you have to be on your guard. Christ says we will know them by their fruits because eventually what's in a man or in a woman comes out. They may agree on a lot of things. They may tell you a lot of things. They may talk the same language that you're expecting. But eventually, if they're false about something, you'll hear it. It will come out. I think more than anything is not to say, so let's find a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think the thing is, it's being aware. He wants you to be aware. You'll know them by their fruit. How are you going to identify the fruit? There's a story about a boy in China. And in the village where he lives, he wants to know about jade, you know, the, the stone. He wants to know about jade and how you work it. So there's one guy in the village that he lives in who's an expert at this craft and the stone. So the boy makes inquiries. He goes along and says, can I come under you and study? And the guy says, yeah, OK, we can do that. So he sets up a date and a time, and the boy goes to see him. Now, what happens is they go to the workshop, and he sits the boy down, and he says, I'm going to blindfold you. So he blindfolds him. And then <clears throat> he says, hold out your hand. And he takes a piece of jade, and he puts it in his hand. And he says to him, that's jade. So the boy sits there holding this and fiddling with it. And he says, and then they talk for an hour. And they talk about everything. Anything and everything. They talk about his school. They talk about his family. They talk about uh, politics, whatever it may be. They talk about everything. At the end of the hour, the man takes the jade back and then removes the blindfold. And he says, I'll see you next week. So the boy thinks, OK, yeah. So off he goes. Comes back the following week. Into the workshop, sits him down, blindfold on, into his hands. And uh, this goes on for quite a while. So about three or four weeks in, the boy's thinking, you know what, this isn't working. This man's wasting my time. And he thinks, I'm going to have to, if it happens today, I'm going to have to talk to him about it and say, we're not doing this. This is not what I expected. So he goes into the workshop, sits him down, Blindfold on, and he's thinking, all right, I'll, I'll talk to him. Uh, at the end of this, he puts a stone in his hand. And the boy straight away says, that's not jade. If we handle the word of God in such a way that we really get to know it, we will spot bad fruit. We will spot it in ourselves, and we will see it in others. Not that we're going to condemn anybody for that, but the fact that we can be aware, we can be on our guard. If we handle the word of God and we get to know it well. Okay, I'm, I'm finishing. I'm going to pray in a moment. But I'm going to ask you, if you are on the broad road today and you know you're on the broad road, come and talk to one of us afterwards. Come and talk to the people around you or with you. Because this message is pointed at me and it's pointed at you. And it's a personal response. It's a personal 
response to everything we've been looking at throughout the series. But I'm going to give you the opportunity today, come forward at the end, and, and we can talk and we can pray. So, Father, we really thank you for your word. We really thank you that you sent Christ into this world to save us from going the wrong way. Thank you, Lord, that your, your gospel message is a message of life. It's a message of abundant life. Lord, may we come to know you, really come to know you, so that we can say like Paul, I want to know you, and I want to have a fellowship with you. Father, when our lives are hard because of the way we choose to go, help us to, to have the resilience, help us to have the focus, help us to, to find our way through the difficulties. But help us to, to walk it with you, Lord, and help us to support one another where we need help, where we need support. Father, we thank you for your kingdom. We thank you your kingdom is here. We thank you that we've worshipped you this morning. And we pray, Father, that we will be uh, walking examples of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.